0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Malarka Williams about policy, strategy, and implementation of technology in the workplace. Malarka Williams, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Jonathan. Yeah, it
0: is a pleasure to have you with me today. I'm excited to have a nice conversation. We're going to be focusing on policy strategy and implementation of technology in the workplace generally, but also talk about it in relation to your company, specifically The Hive, and some of the things that you do uh, to try to help your customers. As we get started, I wanted to share Malarka's bio with everybody. Malarca Williams is the founder and CEO of The Hive and also serves as founder and CEO of Ingenuity Technologies Limited. Williams possesses over 10 years of experience in engineering and information technology in the financial services and utility sector across three continents. In the last decade, he has worked with some of the largest technology companies in the world in both the public sector and private sector to drive digital innovation and transformation. I love it. Uh, I think all of that is super important for the the world of work and the future of work, uh, anything else you would like to add by way of your background or personal context before we dive in further?
1: Uh, well, I mean you know you know one of the things um Jonathan um, I'm pretty much um, just just pretty um excited and um, very very passionate about you know um, you know human capital um, you know people and, and um, you know diversity um, so I'm really looking forward to to this conversation.
0: yeah, excellent. And maybe as we get started, uh, tell us a little bit about the origins of the Hive, um, how it came about, what it is, what you do, and then we can start to dive more uh, specifically into the topic for today.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so, so the Hive. Um, so, what the Hive is is the Hive is actually a freelance uh, marketplace that connects um, talent from throughout the Caribbean. Um, with companies um, specifically in North America. So the Hive actually has two components. Um, It has the marketplace components where freelancers and employers can actually um, sign up for free. Um, They can post and bid on projects just in a similar way like how conventional marketplace would actually operate. And um, on the other side of the platform that's targeted to the enterprise client, it has what you call a managed services, managed staffing services component. And um, the managed staffing services component is where we're actually providing temporary or permanent technology te- tech talent. So, like software engineers, quality assurance, and testing persons um, to companies. So, on the managed staffing side, we're actually going through and vetting the talent, ensuring that the talent has the required comp- um, competency and expertise to actually deliver um, on the specific um, project. Um, so, that's what the Hive actually does. Um, how the Hive actually, um, how the Hive came about. Um, so our, care, our parent company, engineered Technologies, when we got started about six years ago, um, you know, um, we were actually working with large enterprises to drive digital transformation using people, process and technology. And um, one of the, the things that we realized was that a lot of these large enterprises had the budget um, to, to roll their projects out. But they, they never necessarily had the technical resources on hand to deliver on the projects. So we actually started providing that specific service um, to our clients. And then it started just growing so fast, right? And uh, what we did is that we eventually um, spun it off into a business itself um, called the Hive. Um, and you know, one of the things that, you know, one of the things that we're really passionate about and one of the things that we really want to see is that we feel like there are a lot of persons in the Caribbean that has, you know, different skill sets, different expert, expertise um, that, they're, that they're not readily able to, to utilize these skill sets and these specific expertise. So we wanted to create like a marketplace or a platform where these persons can readily utilize their existing talent to get access to opportunities um, across the world um, so that they can actually take care of themselves and their family.
0: Yeah, I love it. And it, this is really important. Uh, you know, the gig economy and the distributed workforce and contingent workers, contract workers, this isn't new. Uh, this has been around for a really long time. I suppose there's been gig workers and contract workers since the uh, beginning of time and the beginning of work. Um, but certainly over the last, you know, 10, 20 years, it's increased exponentially. And over the course of this past 18 to 20 months, you know, during the pandemic, we've seen uh, another sharp increase in terms of these uh, talent uh, platforms that can connect uh, workers with employers and more and more employers are wanting to rent talent like you said you know uh, getting those contract or contingent workers more and more workers are wanting to kind of be their own boss and do things on their own terms and uh, make their own schedules and determine which jobs they work on and so it's really a great win-win opportunity on both ends of the spectrum And it can provide just a lot of opportunity, uh, both for employers and employees, uh, especially now that the the geographic limitations of work have broken down so much over the past, you know, 18, 20 months during the pandemic. Uh, Certainly, it it was possible pre-pandemic, but so many people were stuck in the old paradigm of, of only, you know, getting talent from the local area, the geographic location, that it really... Uh, limited the the talent pool for employers and it really limited opportunity for people who may not be in some of the big metropolitan areas looking for, uh, you know, to utilize their skills.
1: Yes, um, yes, yes, that's it. Um, Yeah, COVID-19, the pandemic has certainly um, accelerated um, the need for companies to to pretty much um, look at additional options like freelance and talent um, to to get their work done or to get their projects done.
0: Yeah, so what uh, in, what differentiates the Hive? Because there are some of these other um, platforms out there. What is your niche, your focus, and, and what makes you different from some of those other competitors?
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, really, really great question. Um, so, so one of the thing, one of the key things is that we're we're predominantly focused on on Caribbean talent. Uh, we understand Caribbean talent because we're we're from this specific market. And uh, we, have, we have a big access to the Caribbean talent pool, right? Um, so that, that's one of the key differentiators um, because a lot of the, the platforms out there, um, they're tapping into a more global talent pool. Um, you know, what you find from time to time is that the Caribbean market actually gets left behind. So we understand Caribbean talent and we're actually curating the best talent within the Caribbean and actually providing these specific talents um, to North American clients. Um, because we're actually in the Caribbean and we're on the same time zone as North America, um, these talents are actually near shore, right? Um, so we're on the same time zone. We have a very similar cultural affinity um, to this specific area. Um, so we feel like that, that's a competitive advantage for us. Um, the other thing for us is that on the money staffing service side, what we're doing is that we are, on the, on the contingency worker side, we're actually vetting the talent. So we're going to, we're vetting the specific talent, especially the technology talent um, from a human resource and a technical competency um, area. And we are providing these talents, these vetted talents to companies. And what we're doing in addition to that is that we're also providing like a service continuity and a quality management model, right? Um, so on the quality management model, we're saying to these clients that whatever you're asking us to do, we're going to be checking on our side to make sure that these specific talents are getting the job done. And uh, for our service continuity model, if somebody actually needs to transition out of the project, we're going to take care of all, of all of that for you. So you don't need to be concerned about that.
0: Yeah. And that's great. And that really is different than what I'm familiar with. in a lot of these other uh, talent platforms that are out there for freelancers and gig workers, um, they don't really vet the talent at all. You know, it's just an exchange and I've utilized some of these other services in the past. And sometimes it's worked out really well. And I've worked with great people Um, and other times it hasn't worked out so well. And, and what the, what the person I worked with produced, wasn't, you know, really on par with what I was expecting. And so that, you know, the, the way these other platforms work primarily is through crowdsourcing, right. And ratings, and so you get a sense of how someone stacks up just based on their ratings, but it, it's nice to have uh, experts and professionals who can really vet the talent and make sure that they actually have the skill sets needed uh, to, to be effective in whatever you know they're signing up to do with X Y Z company. So that's that's wonderful, and I think that is a nice distinguishing factor. Um, this this comes also comes back to just really kind of the bigger picture, uh, as I introduced at the beginning of the episode today, um, more generally speaking, as we think about digital transformation, it's something every organization is wrestling with. Um, What have you done both within your companies, um, but also what do you do in terms of helping clients that you work with in terms of those policies, strategies, and the implementation of technology so they can better utilize the existing talent within their workforce and in the workplace?
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the things that we do is uh, we actually have a, a four-tier strategy um, for driving digital transformation. Um, one of the things that that starts with is that actually starts the digital transformation assessment, um, where we're actually looking at, we're doing an assessment of, of our customers or our partners operating environment. We're looking at the people process and the technology. You know, we're looking at, you know, the vision of the company, you know, um, not only where they are now, but where is it that they're actually looking to go? We're looking at their value proposition or their unique selling point, you know, their existing unique selling point and also the future unique selling point or the future value proposition, um, you know we're looking at these as key components as a part of our assessment and then once we've actually looked at that as a part of our their assessment normally what we do is that we create some a digital transformation roadmap where we're saying okay here's where you are now from a people process and technology perspective and here's where you need to go and then we're actually charting that specific we're actually working with them utilizing their existing talent and also augmenting Um, their existing talent pool with our contingency talent pool um, to create that roadmap. And then once we've actually created that roadmap, the next thing that we do is that we certainly like look for a low-hanging fruit, you know, kind of a low-risk, high-reward project that we can actually implement. um, Something that will take maybe about three or six months max. And the idea is that... um, once the, the customer actually engages on that, you know, the key stakeholders within the company will be able to get some kind of, you know, buy, we will be able to get buy-in from them, you know, to say that, okay, this digital transformation initiative that we're doing actually makes a lot of sense. And then once we have gone through that third phase and have actually gotten that buy-in, what we do is that we now work with the internal team to do a full-scale uh, rollout of the services.
0: and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Yeah, I like that holistic approach and and uh, there's no question that that organizations across the globe have had to wrestle with digital transformation Um, I mean, really over the past decade, and I think about HRIS systems and data analytics processes and integrations across the organization, all these different sorts of uh, digital transformation that have been happening. And again, it's become cliche to say it this way, but, you know, the the pandemic has accelerated this process and it it has accelerated um, the adoption of disruptive technologies in the workplace. It's also disrupted, um, it's accelerated uh, the, the, the need uh, for organizations to do this, um, and to do it well. And so more and more, we need to be thinking very thoughtfully about how we're doing this within our organization, where the gaps are and what we can do to improve it. And so there's the, the labor component that you do at the hive, of course, and, and there's many other platforms that do similar things or, um, you know, some sort of a related kind of service. But there's also the more general uh, digital transformation element, and and how we're really thinking strategically about implementation of technology in the workplace. What what are those policies, practices, and procedures that we're going to ha- that we're going to put in place? The systems that we're going to put in place to make this be a- effective and sustainable. Uh, these are the types of questions we really need to explore very carefully as we move into the future of work. And that actually leads me to my next question: What what do you see as some of the biggest trends, you know, as you're putting on your, your predictor cap and you're trying to think about the next year, the next five years, the next 10 years, where do you see um, work, the workplace going, the future of work and the role of digital transformation in that space uh, in the coming years?
1: Um, you know, I mean, you know, I would say like, um, I think, I think, you know, I think every engagement that you have whether your B2B or your B2C, I think all of those engagements are going to be done um, through a digital platform. Um, That's certainly where um, I see um, the world going. And um, I I think it's an exciting world, right? Um, I I don't see a world where we're ever going to maybe 100% or 200% physically go back um, into office. I certainly see more persons um, working uh, working remotely, working from home, or working from wherever they actually um, feel like. Um, you know, I I think maybe also the days of the conventional, you know, Monday to Friday, eight a.m. to five p.m. Um, is going to be over. Um, if you think about it, um, there's eight hours in a day, but a lot of things that you actually have to do, you actually have to, a lot of those things that you have to do on a personal level um, is done. Uh, the service that you need to, to get, they're available doing eight to five. So certainly I see a world where maybe you're going to be doing four hours for the day, doing a conventional Monday to Friday, eight to five, and then you can do that other four hours in the evening or in the night, right? Um, the other thing I see is certainly from a, from a talent perspective, more and more companies are going to be obsessed with tapping talents um, from wherever they can find the best talent right? So we're not going to be so obsessed with, okay, I'm in Jamaica, um, I need to engage Jamaican talent, or I'm in Barbados, I'm in America, they're going to be obsessed with, okay, you know what, we can actually find the very, very best talent, if they're in Africa, if they're in America, wherever they are, that's where they're actually going to go. And I say the key thing that we're going to see is, you know, organizations are going to become extremely outcome-based, right? I think the only thing that people are actually going to think about is outcomes, right? And that's what we're actually going to use to measure everything that we do. So guess what? Um, If we need a a PR agency okay, I need one press release. That's what we actually need. So we're not looking and saying, okay, this person has to physically come in office every day, or they have to be totally available to us, Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Whatever the outcome is that we actually need, that's what we're going to be obsessed about. And I'm really excited about a work like that, a work like that, because really and truly, I think um, we should just really be more um, obsessed and be focused on how as against, you know, um, maybe a conventional Monday to Friday, eight to five environment.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think um, these old fashioned notions of a traditional eight to five Monday through Friday, work day and work week uh, are more or less obsolete, obviously not in some industries and in some um you know, customer interaction types of jobs where where you have to have to be there frontline workers and such. Um, and, and you do have to be able to to interface with the customers where they are and you know in the way that they need. Um, but in a knowledge economy with so many of the types of knowledge workers that we're really focused on as we're having this conversation, um, this notion that we just need to be there in the office, uh, is a silly one in, in my perspective. It's it's still one that many hold to, and many are really excited to get people back to the physical workplace um, as the pandemic kind of recedes into the background. Uh, but workers, particularly younger workers, they really aren't going to have much patience for that because they've they've seen how possible it is to to work in a more virtual or hybrid environment, and they're not going to arbitrary you know just adopt this arbitrary. Um, requirement to come into the office if it doesn't actually make sense. And, and there's been a lot of studies on the, the increased productivity gains of working remotely. Uh, there's been a lot of studies looking at the work day and the work week. And, uh, you know, there's a recent Harvard study, for example, that sh- uh, showed, you know, the average worker really only is productive for about three hours out of an eight hour work day. Uh, another study that suggested instead of an eight-hour workday, we should probably shrink it down to five or six hours a workday um, so that we really maximize our productivity. And so with these sorts of uh, studies coming out and with more and more people having experienced a virtual workplace over the course of the pandemic and so many employers getting more comfortable with you know the technologies needed to be able to make that happen effectively, I, I agree. I just don't think we're going back as much as some segment of, of organizational leaders may lament that and, and wish that that were the case I just don't think that's going to happen we really need to open our our minds and open our eyes to the possibilities that come through a distributed workforce and the, the opportunity to t- tap into talent anywhere around the world uh, where we can find the best people and to your point we can do it um, while focusing on outcomes now I am a process person I think processes are important I think creating a culture where people recognize that they can, um, learn and grow, and that that means that sometimes there's going to be quote unquote failure. Um, you know, as long as you're iterating and learning and growing and adapting and and getting better, um, I think that's really important. And so, in that sense, I think process and how you do the work is important. But for the most part, I completely agree with you that that ultimately it's the outcomes. It's how it's what you produce. It's it's not how much time your butt is in your seat at your office at, at in uh, the workplace. It's about what are you actually doing? What are you accomplishing? What are your outputs? And what's the quality of those outputs, right? And if we can um, be much more focused on those sorts of outcomes, I think it'll serve us well as organizational leaders and it'll serve our people well as they learn you know, to be more results oriented and that will excel them in their careers also.
1: Yeah, and, and and I mean, you know, Jonathan, one one interesting thing that we haven't touched on, which, you know, I don't know how we could not have touched on it, is the metaverse. You know. Um, you know, I I, I certainly see us in the future maybe going to work in uh in, in the metaverse, right? Where, you know, we're probably purchasing digital clothing, right? Not not physical clothing again, but some kind of digital clothing, um, some kind of digital headset that we're we're we you know we're we're going to work in this in this, in in this metaverse um, environment, um, I think that that's certainly one of the things that's actually going to change also, you know, so it might not even be using Zoom again, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, I I think the sky's the limit in terms of the technology that will be utilized uh, in virtual and hybrid work in the future. And I'm excited to see how it all uh, starts to pan out in the coming years. Well, it has just been a real pleasure talking with you today, Malarka, and I really appreciate all of your insights and what you've shared with me and my listeners. Before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, how they can find out more about your work, your business, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, yes. Yeah, so, um, so I can actually be contacted. My name is Malarca Williams. Our um, well, company website is www.engineeredtech.co. Um, that's the our core business. And our other company website is www.thehighfreelancing.co Um, so you can certainly um visit any one of our company pages, and you'll be able to also find us um, on social media. Um, last words around um, you know, what we have actually been talking about. Um, I think um I think we're actually at a very exciting time um in our lives. And I certainly feel like um, the way of the future, the world of the future is one that that we're going to have people, you know, um just working on different projects from all over the world. And we're no longer going to be limited by geography um or demography in, in any way. So it's it's a global world and it's a really exciting world that we're actually looking at.
0: Yeah, amen. I I completely agree. I'm super excited to see where things go in the future. And I really appreciate you taking the time. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out um, more about what Malarca and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. You can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership